Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm looking at a movie that I picked up at random because it had the word witch on the front and also a pentagram so seemed right up my street. It's called Salem Witch Hunters Certificate 18 and on the back it says it came out in 2015. Uh, now it wasn't until I was actually struggling to google this film and find out anything about it that I found out that it actually came out in 2013 and was titled something completely different. Uh, it was actually originally called The Secret Village which let me tell you is a much more accurate title. I've never before watched a film where the actual title of it bared so little resemblance to what was in the film, except maybe Naked Lunch. So just to run down the three words in the title, no one is actually hunting anybody, let alone witches. There are no witches actually in the film, and the film does not take place in Salem. So it might as well have been called Bibbity Bobbity Bugger All, because there's very little in it of interest, but it annoyed me, and therefore it's getting reviewed on the podcast. My expectations going in like after the first like couple of scenes of the film were actually quite high because it had quite good production values, better than some of the other films that I've looked at, and a recognisable actor that I'd seen in something else, which was very exciting. That actor is Jonathan Bennett, who played Aaron Samuels in Mean Girls, as well as a lot of other parts. I'd also seen him in uh, Veronica Mars, but... I recognised him from other things. It was very exciting. The actual plot of the movie, uh, as described by the back of the box, is Greg, an unsuccessful screenwriter, and Rachel, a beautiful journalist, research an outbreak of mass hysteria in a small village. They start to uncover a secret about a deadly poison that has affected this village for years, but the cult activity has been kept secret by the locals, and when Greg disappears, Rachel is left alone to unravel the mystery and save their lives. All very exciting, and I was expecting a, another film which was sort of a, a paranoia-y um, film about witches, similar to like The Wicker Man, where there's like a secret cult that no one knows about, and a lot of weird stuff goes on. Boy, was I disappointed. So we start the film with Greg in his car, having an awkward conversation with his girlfriend. He turns up at a house uh, where Rachel is outside jogging. She comes in and is spooked by the fact that there is a random man in her house as you would be. But it turns out that the person who has rented a room to her has also rented a room to Greg because they both need to be in the same town. So the two of them decide to sort of make the best of the fact that they've been kind of crushed into close quarters without really being told much about each other. We then see a cloaked guy with a beard hanging around outside the house and then we cut to a teacher explaining Salem witch trials to a classroom and then we have some weird history flashbacks. And then we see Rachel typing on her computer, but over the top of that is this weird voiceover where she's talking to someone about this could be her big break and of course she's going to be safe and all the rest of it, which was very confusing to get in a short space of time. And to be honest, the history flashback and the teacher explaining the witch trials is never really explained, so... You're just going to have to live with that, as I must. We then see a bald man at a construction site who we've not previously seen. There are some guys in the basement kind of huddled together, holding bits of pipe. And then he goes downstairs. The people with the pipe try to fight him, but then he kind of corners one and the other ones run off. And then he injects that guy in the neck with a syringe. We then cut back to Rachel, who has like a little bit of newspaper that she keeps looking at. And she goes to this guy's house to interview him about ergot poisoning in the village. And he warns her about asking questions and says that it could be quite dangerous and that he's taking a big risk by talking to her. But he feels like, you know, the truth needs to be known. I also recognised that actor. So 
that was quite good. His name is Richard Riel, I think I'm saying that right, and he was in Office Space and also one of the Deuce Bigelow Gigolo films, um, which may be not impressive credits, but at least they are credits of movies that were released and that people know about. So I was very excited at that point. Like my faith was renewed. There was another actor that I had seen in other things in this movie. Sadly, that faith did not stay renewed for long. So we get some explanation about how this village has a really high number of ergot outbreaks. Um, and they explain what ergot poisoning is. I already knew what ergot poisoning was because of an episode of The X-Files in which ergot poisoning is like the main plot. Um, but they recovered it and say basically it's a fungus that grows on like wheat and rye and that can cause, if ingested, a lot of symptoms, um, including like affecting your organs, your circulatory system, your veins and arteries, and that produces various things like hallucinations and shaking, paranoia, etc, etc. And one theory about the Salem witch trials is that it was caused by ergot poisoning, that people consumed mouldy wheat or rye and they started seeing all this weird shit and getting paranoid and that's why they killed a bunch of people. The guy who, I think his name is Paul, he um, reveals that there is a secret cemetery where all the victims of the outbreaks that have been covered up are buried. And so Rachel goes home, sees a threatening note on her door. And then we see another dude being chased in point of view of the bald man with the syringe. And then he syringes that guy. A new cloaked dude shows up at the house who is different to the original cloaked dude, but still just a dude in a cloak. Rachel goes out like a bell end and starts just asking random people questions about ergot poisoning. And they all refuse to speak to her because she was told that they would. God damn it. This is where the film started to break down for me because everything up until this point had been, you know, in the order of events that it actually happened which is how films work but then it started to do this really weird thing where it would just cut back and forwards like in very poorly signposted flashbacks to things that had happened so we see Rachel driving the next day and she goes to the old man Paul's house he gives her an envelope that says no one can be trusted he sees a creepy hag in the woods but she doesn't um, and then she leaves him and goes to look at this supposed secret cemetery. I will say that as secret cemeteries go, it's probably skirting the edge of not being secret anymore because it has paths and very well-kept grass and massive headstones everywhere with the dates that everyone died on, like the same date, the date of the outbreak. So that's not terribly secret. And then we cut to Rachel back at home and Greg is making toast. But then she's back in the cemetery looking at the gravestones again and they don't have the dates on anymore. And then she's back with Greg, who's now eating his toast. So it's sort of implied that as he's speaking to her, she's thinking about going to the cemetery where she's already been. But it's really not that clear and it's very poorly signposted. So it gets really confusing. And this does continue throughout the rest of the film to the point where it becomes kind of unwatchable because you just don't know what's going on. And I get what they're going for here, you know, ergot poisoning, hallucinations, not being sure what to believe. But at the same time, movies have been made that got that point across without becoming unwatchable jumbles of scenes that just look like they hadn't been edited into the right order. Greg then takes Rachel back to Paul's house to go talk to him. We see her go in, we see her come running out and then they drive off. But then we cut back to Rachel going into the house um, and then we cut back to the car and Greg asking her what she saw. And then we're back in the house again and she's talking about how she found Paul's body and then saw a bunch of people in cloaks doing a ritual of some kind, which we don't actually get to see. So we're still doing that weird choppy choppy 
flashback thing that makes no sense. Then this guy called Jim shows up and he's a black guy who's kind of dressed like an Amish guy but also like an extra from 12 Years a Slave because he's wearing like a blue and white striped shirt with white suspenders and beige trousers and a big kind of white floppy farmer's hat. So it kind of looks like a weird period costume but also mixed with like what Amish people wear. It was really confusing. He brings her another package ostensibly from Paul and like tells her to keep investigating and stuff. We never get to see what's in these packages but at various points she is holding bits of paper and going to places so maybe it's a map or something. There's also this mysterious guy following Rachel who is distinct from the bald guy because he has hair and a leather jacket. Um, so we get various shots of him following her at certain points and also sometimes the bald guy is there and sometimes he isn't. We get to see a scene where the guy with hair follows her into a restaurant where she apparently works but we hadn't been told this previously because we thought that she was a journalist there investigating but also now she has a part-time job apparently. He gets spooked and seems to disappear because Greg is there with her and that kind of gave me the impression that Greg was definitely in on whatever it was that was happening. We then see Greg go back to Paul's house uh, and then Baldy opens the door and invites him in for a little chat which we don't get to see but following this chat Greg goes missing and Rachel starts to panic a little bit. Um, we see her at home wearing a man's shirt and looking out the window and it's sort of made me think that maybe she'd slept with Greg because you know that's usually when you see a woman in a film wearing a man's shirt and we flash back to Greg kissing her outside the restaurant but then we flash back to her just standing in front of the window. The like rest of the film like from this point onwards was just an incomprehensible series of like flashbacks and flash forwards and Jim turning up and then Rachel going places but what really started to annoy me is that Rachel would go to sleep in really odd situations or wouldn't be shown going to sleep but then would wake up somewhere else or go and investigate something when really she should have stayed at home barricading the doors because she was frightened. We also keep seeing Rachel waking up and it's unclear as to whether what she's seeing is a dream or not. Like there's a moment where we see um, Greg being like unconscious in the middle of a group of people wearing robes and then she wakes up. But she's just woken up from something else happening and I really wish this film would decide whether it wanted to be a confusing flashback movie or a confusing dream movie because I cannot deal with both happening at once. We then see Jim coming to see Rachel and he gets her to go into a fancy house who's we don't know whose it is and she steals a book which is just full of pictures of the bald guy injecting people in the neck which why would you even have that? The cult of mysterious hooded figures as well as baldy and guy with hair then bust in and scare her so she runs to her car jumps in and drives home she then gets into the house locks the door sits down with her back against the front door while the guy who's chasing her continually rings the doorbell like she's just gonna open the door but then she falls asleep and we then see her waking up at night time because the best time to fall asleep i find is when someone's trying to get into your house and you've got your back to the front door trying to hold it shut that's a very restful situation and one in which I would not be able to prevent myself from dropping off. The next day, for some reason, Rachel decides to go on a little field trip, even though she now knows that there's people in the town out to get her. Jim takes her to this really weird circular building in the centre of town, kind of points at it and says, that's where all the poisoned people are kept and um, that eventually she'll have to go in there and do something. But nothing happens and then she goes home. She drives out to the woods for some reason and then falls asleep in her car because if there's a second very relaxing scenario to the one that she was in earlier, it's alone in the woods in a town full of people who want to get you. She then has like some weird like first person views of the bald guy telling her that she can't escape. 
And if I was going to hire an actor to say a line like that, I would damn well make sure that he could actually say escape before I cast him. But that's just my personal opinion. We get some more stuff about ergot poisoning, which is like the same conversation she had with Paul earlier, but like bit of the conversation we didn't see, but played as voiceover. And we get another weird like historical flashback. There's like no real reason to be having these, I don't think, but they keep turning up. The bald guy and the guy with hair then turn up again and they follow her quite slowly to her house. Uh, but they seem like allergic to just breaking in or waiting outside until she inevitably comes out to run one of her many errands about town. So I don't understand how they're finding it so hard to catch her. Like, I could have caught her by now. Anyway, Rachel meets Jim at the diner for no real reason to have a chat. I'm 90% sure at this point that Jim is just imaginary because mainly he's dressed weird and also he just seems to like appear with her in different places without them ever like meeting anywhere. He's just there. But anyway, Rachel goes home and Greg is mysteriously back, just like he was mysteriously gone before. And he's brought her some flowers. Aw. And then he says to have a shower so that they can go out and have dinner which seems weirdly calm for someone who was recently kidnapped. She goes to have a shower, but as she comes out of the bathroom, she kind of peeks around the door suspicious-like, and he's going through her laptop and her notebooks. She then she sees him going outside with her notebooks and handing them over to the weird guy with hair and the bald dude, so now she doesn't trust him and she locks him out of the house. The next scene that we see after she's like locked him out of the house is her going to the big round building, which is meant to be full of poisoned people. And again, I found myself wondering... If she's just shut him out of the house and he obviously wants to get back in, why hasn't he, one, broken in via the French doors on the veranda or waited outside for her to leave? It seems like he's just fucked off somewhere and allowed her to just leave, which is very weird. We then get to see the inside of the building. There's a lot of very sick looking people in there and it kind of looks like, like an 1800s kitchen, which is very strange. But then Baldy, Greg and the guy with hair show up and kind of corner her and then Baldy injects her in the neck. At this point, I had a fairly good idea of how the film was going to end. And surely enough, we find Greg and the guy with hair carrying boxes marked Rachel to a car. And they then have a little conversation about medication. And Rachel was seen in the car alive and unhurt, but not looking very well. Greg then drives Rachel to like a hillside where they park up and they have a little cuddle. He gets a phone call and gets out of the car. Uh, Jim then appears outside the car. I knew he was imaginary and then asks Rachel to come back to the village. But she takes a tablet instead and he disappears. We then see some various flashback shots that actually do make sense for a change, which are of Rachel interviewing literally no one. And then we see when Greg went back to Paul's place, which is when we thought he got kidnapped. Um, he ran into Baldy and the guy with hair who said that they were kind of weirded out by the fact that Rachel broke into what must be their house uh, and then appeared to speak to no one and they thought that she showed signs of being infected with ergot poisoning and that instead of being kidnapped Greg's disappearance was him going away to get medicine to counteract the ergot poisoning to come back and save Rachel. Then a lot of sinister music plays and the credits happen. I disliked this film for a lot of reasons, but mainly because it made me look back on The Curse of the Witch's Doll as being a semi-decent movie, because that also had the plot of this person is actually insane or hallucinating, but that was actually carried off quite well and in a way that made sense. In this, it's really unclear as to when Rachel became infected with ergot poisoning, or if that is even what she's suffering from for most of the film. 
we don't see her like get infected at any point or be in a situation where she could be infected and it seems that her and greg are together by the end of the film but does that mean that they were always together and she was the girlfriend he was talking to on the phone at the start or that they got together when he came to the town to research his screenplay in which case she was already there investigating the ergot poisoning and therefore there is actually a story there after all it's also unclear why they allowed someone who was hallucinating and probably quite ill from having you know ingested this incredibly toxic substance to just kind of roam the countryside without making any real efforts to catch or contain her like she has been breaking into houses and going to all these different places and they haven't really put much of a concerted effort into locating her or trying to like make her stay in one place to get medical treatment also some creepy stuff happened when she wasn't even around which is an issue that happened in the curse of the witch's doll we see the bald guy injecting people in the neck and dragging them off somewhere but she isn't around at those points to explain those things away as being her hallucinations so we have to assume as the audience that those things actually happened but those are never explained similarly the cloaked figures we see them hanging around the house watching it when greg and rachel are inside but rachel is apparently not aware of them being there so are they real are they not i feel like the movie wants me to not be sure about what was happening but i find it hard that they wanted me to be unsure to this extent because there's no point in watching a film that you don't understand any of because it's so weirdly cut up and put together that it doesn't really have a narrative that you can follow while i was trying to find any clue as to the imdb page for this film because i was looking for it obviously under its new title and not its previous title i stumbled across it on an amazon page and i have to say the reviews were quite entertaining it has 86 percent one star reviews and 14 percent um two star reviews which i feel is generous um but it's also described as utter garbage very poor so bad i had to send it back without watching it which is a, a really weird review to have like how did you know it was bad before you saw it and then someone has written please do not be fooled by the blatantly misleading cover this film has nothing to do with the salem witch trials and there is nothing sinister going on here at all i kind of wish that i had read some of these reviews before i ended up watching this film but it was just a random one that came up on ebay and i thought i'll buy it and go into it without knowing anything about it i will say in terms of redeeming qualities greg and rachel are both played by actors who know how to act which are uh, jonathan bennett who i already mentioned and another lady whose name is ali faulkner who i haven't seen anything previously but who has been in other stuff so an actual actress they do quite a good job at acting as does the guy playing paul and the guy playing jim the rest of the cast not so much they seem to be kind of like amdram people who are kind of drafted in as needed but overall i guess that's pretty competent the directing is also quite competent the shots are set up quite well the editing is poor um, or i guess the writing if they told them to put the scenes in that order which was a terrible idea um so it kind of has some redeeming features in terms of like production values and acting but it really let me down in the fact that the front cover shows a bunch of people hanging from a tree and a guy watching them in like a black robe with a pentacle on the back and then you kind of see a cut below ground where there's a bunch of skulls and honestly that cover has nothing to do with this movie 
Uh, the back cover similarly has an image similar to the front, but also some images from the film, from, I guess, hallucinations, where there's groups of people in black cloaks. Again, not indicative of the content, which is really unfortunate because I feel like if this had been marketed as a weird sort of investigative journalism thriller, it might have gone down better than implying that it was something to do with the Salem witch hunts, when in fact it takes place in a village in New England, which goes unnamed, but which isn't Salem, because the main character, Rachel, says that she grew up near Salem, but which was elsewhere. So that makes no sense to me. I know that there are quite a few films out there, like particularly horror films that do play on Salem as an idea and the Salem witch hunts as a topic. So I'd be interested in maybe watching a film that's actually about that. If you have any recommendations, drop them in the comments on the YouTube video or via Twitter or via email. You can get those from the description box below. And let me know if there are any better films out there or, you know, if you just really missed Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls and wonder what he was doing lately. In the meantime, I'll see you in the next one.